Just a quick reminder, if you've been trying links that I've mentioned on any of these recent episodes of the show and they don't work, technology changes and some of the things we offer change. So what we've decided to do is put everything that's current over at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. And anything that isn't current probably won't work. So if you're having trouble with a link that doesn't work, that's probably why. Head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Or if you're following along at photobizhelp on Instagram, it's the link in the bio. Find that thing that makes you uniquely suited to serve a very specific audience. And just know that there are enough people out there and that those people, when they see, oh my gosh, this person knows exactly who I am, they're going to pay a premium for that. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels, from brand new to burnt out, who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally, are what I want to share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. Today, I'm talking with Chris Scott, who is the founder of Swift Galleries, and we are digging into a couple of business models for lifestyle photographers that are wildly profitable compared to the traditional shoot and burn. So I talk a little bit about my current model, and Chris outlines a beautiful step-by-step process for selling images and making more money on each one of your shoots uh, with your clients that you love. He also discusses how they went from barely scraping by to over $100,000 in nine months in their business with a net profit of like 90000 So he's open about that and a lot of other things that you might be interested in if you're feeling like your business is uh, controlling you and that you're not really getting what you thought you'd get out of it. So stay tuned for this awesome conversation with Chris Scott right after this. So if you're like most photographers, you probably didn't go into business for paperwork. Does the chaos of invoices, emails, to-dos make you a little crazy? Well, that is where 17 Hats comes in. Their all-in-one, mobile-friendly platform organizes your entire business. 17 Hats handles things like time-sucking tasks, payment reminders, capturing leads, and scheduling your meetings. With 17 Hats, important emails go out automatically. Quotes, contracts, and invoices, click, click, paid. So it's a small wonder that thousands of photographers swear by 17 Hats. You'll free up so much time from day-stealing to-dos. It's like you've cloned yourself. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, which is obviously photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it. So why not clone yourself with 17 Hats? Visit 17hats.com to learn more with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. That's 17hats.com with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. One of the best decisions I've made in over 12 years of running my photo business was switching to pick time. 
It is beautiful. It's easy to use. It's easy for your clients to use. There's slideshows that are amazing with music you can add. There's a beautiful store with tons of products and they dynamically insert your clients' photos so they can kind of get a sense of what stuff looks like before they order. They have these incredible automations that for me, it's been a game changer. I've made more money in my photo business hands down since I switched to pick time than any other time in my business. These automations remind people of sales, do all the emailing and communicating with your clients that you might not remember to do, and they make it dead easy for them to look at their photos, share their photos, and purchase cool stuff. It is so game-changing. And since I talk about them so much, I'm here to tell you what they are offering as a sponsor of the show. Go to pick-time.com, that's P-I-C-time.com, and use the code PHOTOBIZHELP. This will give any new user one entire bonus month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. You can often start a free 30-day trial, so whatever sounds good, you can head over to pick-time.com, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, and make this huge transformation in your business. I promise you'll love it. It is amazing. They are amazing and really helpful if you need help. Again, pick-time.com with code PHOTOBIZHELP for a free bonus month when you upgrade to a paid plan. Okay, here we are. Hi, Audrey. Hi. Hi. So today I'm chatting with Chris Scott, that's the main interview, but one of the things that I think was really interesting about that conversation that I wanted to talk to you about was the idea of prepping your clients ahead of time or communicating thoroughly so that they know what to expect and they're prepared for it. They're prepared to proof their images or to buy extra images if they want, or if they're getting a wedding package. Generally, there's stuff included. And so they know that, oh, if I get this one, I'm going to get an album and some engagement photos. Not to say you can't offer things a la carte, but just the the way it can drive up sales to give people this information ahead of time so they're crystal clear on what they're getting instead of sort of like just booking a session and then they don't even know really what's included. You know what I'm saying? I'm like super excited to listen to this because <laughs> That isn't the way I've been doing things, which I've been really wanting to like figure out a better way, better system for selling prints and stuff because it's like untapped potential there. Yeah. And also to the client to over the years, I've had people say, ask for help with ordering things and like feeling kind of overwhelmed about making that decision afterwards and stuff. Yeah. So I could see how this would be super helpful. And I think too, another piece to this is, making decisions in your business for your client to an extent so that they have fewer decisions to make. Mm -hmm. I think I remember when like I introduced proofing. Remember when I started using PickTime and I was like, oh, now my clients, when I do a family session, get to choose their favorites before I edit like a bajillion of them. When I did that, I was at first offering them if they wanted it to proof or not. Okay. And that was just one decision that was so silly. Like, that is not a necessary decision to give them. That just makes them more confused. So I was like, yep. I was the one that decided you get a proofing gallery. That's what's happening. You get what I'm saying about like yep. too many yep. decisions? Totally. Yeah. And I think we all have a touch of the decision fatigue going on. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's a decision fatigue thing. And you'll hear this in the interview, but just really setting people up for fewest amount of decisions, easy decisions, decisions that they're already kind of expecting. And and this doesn't necessarily have to be about buying prints. It's like with my mini sessions, for example, like we, it's so simple. It's like, these are the times, this is the place, that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, there's no decision making involved at all in that process. Like, don't need to choose the place. Don't need to choose the time of day because you know it's always going to be in the evening. That's all that's happening. You just show up. You sign up and you show up. And I think uh, I used to be a little bit more complicated with it, like more flexible with people and all this kind of stuff. But I found that removing that extra, yeah, again, decision or two uh, makes a huge difference. I, yeah, for next year, I mean, maybe not even next year, maybe even before that, but once I get through this season, have been thinking, last year too, I was in this position of like, how can I make my client experience even more simple and more just like this, 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 mm-hmm. um, rather than all over the place. And I, you know, talking about this right now, I'm, the wheels are turning in my head of like, oh, yeah. Yeah to doing that. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because for people listening, it's like you never arrive at the perfect formula. You know, it's just like you keep refining, refining, refining. You know, there's stuff I want to refine as well. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, good. Like people are still continuing to figure it out. Yes, (laughs) we are. We're still continuing to figure it out. Yeah. Forever and ever. Every year, every season, like every few months, I feel like I start to like reevaluate and I'm like, okay, it's just like trimming the fat and like I'm getting closer and closer yeah. to, but I don't know if I'll, if there ever is sure. like an arrival, but I'm getting closer and closer and yeah, yeah, that kind of just comes with the territory. You have to just keep trying things and you can change them anytime you want. Totally. And I, I use the analogy of growing a tree a lot, but I do think there's an element of like when you have a stable trunk for whatever offer you're making, then you can branch out a little bit and you can support other ideas. Like, for example, I feel pretty solid, more solid than I've ever felt in my mini offer. My lead magnet to capture people on that list, the way that I schedule people is just like two buttons and I don't have to do any juggling. The sessions themselves are very straightforward. And then like the the delivery process is really straightforward as well. Now I'm looking at maybe offering a couple different, you know, post options like print stuff that I haven't previously offered. But like for the most part, like I needed to get that whole system dialed in in a way that worked for me before I could start thinking about bells and whistles, I guess. is, You know, like you got to like build the house before you decorate it. Exactly. The fine tuning has to come afterwards. And I think a lot of people get stuck on those like details and it's that goes back to just like, just try things, yeah, try things, yeah. and then get like your foundation, get the basics. And then, then you can start tweaking stuff and adding this and that and trying this and that. And yeah, you get closer, closer. Totally. So if you're uh, building a business, aka building a house, like, you know, make sure you do that before you start decorating it. Like, I think the tendency is like, I'm going to use this font on my PDF for my pretty brochure. You know, like you're thinking about the pretty stuff that you want to do. Not everyone, but I mean, you're just thinking about like the stuff that attracted us to this business in the first place, the aesthetics that has to be considered in the proper order. (laughs) You know, like I think that's a creative brain thing because I think I know I definitely struggle. I'm like, 
well, I don't want to write the pamphlet. I just want to pick out like the colors I want to use and the font I want to use. Yes. And then it just doesn't get done because I was stuck on this and that. But sometimes you just, just got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to segue into the conversation. So here's my uh, interview with Chris Scott, founder of Swift Galleries. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, Audrey. Yes. We have just, meaning Chris and I have just chatted a couple different times for a couple different reasons. So it's nice. It's like the third chat we've had in as many weeks. And um, we're going to talk about Swift Galleries today. We're also going to talk about, I really am curious, part of what I like to ask people in the photo industry for my audience is kind of a little bit about your journey, because that's really what people are doing. They're like trying to start their photo businesses. They're trying to, you know, uh, trying to make it. Right. And uh, it's cool to just hear not only how other people kind of got from A to B, but also how many iterations of, you know, possible career paths there are in quote unquote photography. You know, it's not, you kind of never know where you're going to end up. And we're a great example of that for different reasons. But um, why don't you just say hello and a little bit about yourself and we'll, we'll dive in. Sounds good. Hello. Uh, So I'm Chris Scott. My wife and I were full-time wedding and portrait photographers for a little over a decade before we got into doing what we do now full-time, which is uh, software and education for photographers. And we kind of got into this to scratch our own itch. We were shoot and burn photographers and were just kind of barely scraping by uh, with that business model. Um, I think we were averaging about $150 per session, all said and done. And kind of got to the point where we were burned out and we were just like, what are we doing? You know, something's got to give. And had kind of heard about this whole in person sales thing and all of that. And we just decided, like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, like, Right. If we keep going on the path that we're going down right now, we're not going to last much longer anyway. So let's just see what happens, right? So Can I jump in super quick? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to note when you say all said and done, because that doesn't mean you were charging 150. It's the a big thing that people don't do. It's like looking at all of your expenses, like your cost of doing business, your cost of yes every session, whatever your formula is. But I just, I think that's important. If, if you're listening and feeling like you're like in those shoes right now, it, it might be worthwhile and it always is worthwhile to sort of see where you're losing money and, and all that jazz. Yeah, because, you know, if you're not counting in your time and your cost of goods sold and all of that, then it turns out you're probably losing money every time you go out the door with a camera in your hand. And that's, you know, not ideal, Uh, not really where we want to go with this. So, uh, yeah, so we we just kind of dove in, which I don't really suggest you do what we did, which was like overnight. We were like, okay, now we charge this much. And, you know, our four by sixes went from like, like, I don't know four dollars or something to sixty five dollars overnight and we just changed but um thankfully it worked and we went from that kind of barely scraping by to we made one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in print sales in our first nine months and kind of based on what you you're talking about ninety two thousand of that was was profit brilliant uh so it was uh, yeah i mean just absolutely life-changing and 
you know, we did that for quite a while and then just started teaching some of our friends in the same market. We were in the Nashville market at the time, uh, what was happening. Cause they were like, Hey, what's going on with you guys? Cause like you have money now. That's weird. You don't seem as stressed, <laughs> you know? And, uh, so we just kind of started teaching them one-to-one, like literally over dinner and stuff. And that turned into some courses. And then we ended up building a piece of software called Preveal. It was an iPad app that did uh, wall art design on mobile. And all of that has kind of led us to where we are now, which is uh, full-time in Swift Galleries, which is a, a web-based tool for uh, wall art design and for doing in-person sales meetings. That's awesome. The wall art design thing is so cool. And it's pretty slick. So helpful for people because I think that's where people get really overwhelmed. That's a great story. And I it does come back to figuring out your finances, at, really at the end yeah. of the day. And it's not to say that that's yep. the only way to make money. I've found that my business has shifted a ton just by limiting the number of photos per package and then yes. adding a price point for each additional photo. So, I mean, just little tweaks like that can make a huge difference. Absolutely. That was, I think, the very first big realization we had in our business was we have no idea how much money we're spending and how much money we're making and how much, you know, we make when we sell a single, you know, product and really just learning our numbers and seeing like, Hey, this isn't sustainable. Like it's terrifying when you first see it, but it's just not worth it to bury your head in the sand and to just ignore it. Right. It has to be done. And part of this equation is time. So like if you're doing shoot and burn, yes. you know, keeping track of like, do you know how long it takes you to edit right. 80 photos or whatever it is you're giving people for, you know, whatever price? I mean, that's that's also a big part of this equation because what if you could spend an hour and make 10 times more? You know, I mean, that's just a random number, but right. I mean, that's really another place to look at your business. If you're spending hours and hours and hours and hours editing and you're not getting compensated for that extra time, that's a huge one too. Yeah, that's a that's a really important point is that with Shoot and Burn, you are having to like, you know, fully edit everything that you're going to deliver where, you know, with, with in-person sales or probably with your sales process, you're really only fully editing the stuff that, um, that they purchase. That's right. So it cuts down a ton on editing time. Huge. And uh, yeah, and then for us, like we actually get to see them do something with those images. Cause that was another thing that we really didn't like was we kind of put it out there. You know, we'd say, Hey, your gallery's online or here's your files or, you know, cause I'm old. So it was like, here's your DVD. Yeah. I definitely sent out my share of CDs in the mail. Yes. Right. Yeah. Cool. But then they ghosted us before ghosting was right. a thing before that was a word. Yes. We just called it. I don't know if they liked their photos <laughs> or not. Like we just never heard back from them. Yeah. That was uh, a little bit unfulfilling. You know, we didn't really know. Like, it just kind of, I don't know, it didn't really put a period on the end of the sentence. You know, it was just kind of. Right. Of course. Like, All right. Now what? Yeah. My early years were the same. I was like, that, well, I could have done better. And my story, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I did IPS a little bit, but I was traveling a ton and these sorts of technologies weren't available yet. And I. Right. I wasn't in town enough and I it was overwhelming for me. And so I spent a few years in the shoot and burn boat doing okay because I was doing other stuff. But again, it doesn't take much to move away from that. And what I've been doing, at least with just my family sessions, uh, has been wildly 
profitable compared to where I started. So yeah. And what I like about what you said, because I know that our processes are different. And I honestly am not like I'm not one of these like, um, they call them like an I IPS maximalist or whatever, like, I, there are lots of different ways to, to make this work. Um, for us, it just happens to be in person sales. But really what you and I are talking about that's similar is we're just creating opportunities to talk about products and we're creating intentional opportunities for us to provide them more than what they initially maybe booked us for or something like that. Totally. Like you said, you know, limiting the number of digital files and then giving them options to buy. Totally. You know, and this is, I think, like the easiest way to switch to some sort of yes. uh, printed product process is like if you're shooting and burning right now, okay, great. Do it exactly what Natalie has done and just say, hey, instead of giving like 80, I'm going to give like 10, Yeah, you know, or like yes. 12. Yep. And then you can charge more for, oh, do you want all of them? Okay, great. Here you go. And now you've kind of solved that problem of not getting paid for uh, your editing time yeah. too. Yeah. I'd love you to walk us through sort of like the average, let's just take a family client since that's a lot of lifestyle, some kind of lifestyle shoot, seniors, family, whatever, and how they would go through your process. Because I think we're both, again, like you said, trying to to maximize our profit. Yeah. This popped into my head. I had a client yesterday, here's an example, who I did headshots for in the park. We did 30 minutes. And that fee with the consultation and the planning and the stuff regarding brand is eight fifty. And then they get 15 images included with that. She ordered an extra 39 images at $15 each. So I got a little link for, you know, 500 something extra dollars. And now I'm sitting down, I think it's 50 images or something. I'm sitting down to edit 50 images, which is like a piece of cake. Yep. You know, that's something I would have done anyway, I guess is my point. So if you do the math on that, it's like maybe a little over $1,300 for a very brief session in the park, lovely client, you know, so this is just one example on my end of like how you can really tweak what you're doing with your business. But I would love to also hear because you you're tied in with software and products and the stuff that I'm not talking about. So, so I'd love to hear more about that on your end. Yeah. So the process as we see it from a client standpoint, so like you were saying, let's look at just a family portrait client or something. It really starts before they ever even contact us. So the way that we really want people to be doing this and the the way that this type of software works best is if we're just setting expectations everywhere someone sees your work right from the start. Uh, what expectations are we going to set? We need to set like three three main expectations. The products that you expect them to buy, the price at which they'll buy those products, and then the process that you'll use to sell them those products. So as long as we can set those expectations and the main one really being the products that you expect them to buy. If you want to sell products, really the easiest way to do this is start showing products everywhere someone touches your brand. Yeah. That's true. And for weddings, that's a big one because I, I have coached a few weddings. I don't do weddings anymore, but that was always front and center at the meetings I did in terms of this is an album that's included or these are parent albums or whatever. But if you're sending stuff off and then following up and saying, by the way, you can get an album, the chances of someone biting on a $1,100 book. Yes after they've got all their photos is very slim. So I, I just wanted to reiterate that the 
upfront communication in any situation, whatever your model is, is huge. Yeah. And I think that if you add only one thing into your process, I would say that should be it. Maybe we'll talk about the other one in a second. Okay. But, um, but just putting that stuff out there because really what, what we're talking about here is that this whole process, a process like what we're going to talk about, none of these steps exists in a vacuum. Every single thing builds upon the previous step. So if you can set these expectations now, you'll gain all the benefits of setting those here later in the process, right? So because we are setting these expectations, everywhere someone sees my work, they see it on the wall or they see it in a book or they see it, you know, whatever, in a printed format, then it makes it really hard for them to come to me and say, hey, I just want my digital files. Like there's nothing anywhere that would even suggest that that that's what people come to me for. So if I can set that expectation up front, well, it's already kind of pre-qualifying my, my clients, right? So now when they inquire, uh, one of the first things we'll talk about, we'll get on the phone and, hey, so here's what I do. We're really known for creating uh, you know, physical products for our clients, whether that be wall art or albums or you know these memory boxes or photo boxes or whatever. You know, what, what kind of products were you thinking about? So we're just trying to, again, continue to plant those seeds I and set those that. expectations. People don't think about what they want to do with their photos generally. And I, I yes. should add, so my example in my current situation is very reflective of the fact that I do mostly like high-end branding stuff in corporate. So people don't, you know, if you're doing a yeah, corporate yeah, headshot, not you're that. not going to likely print it and hang it on the wall unless right? like... Can I can I get a book of my headshots, please? Yeah. Like, oh man, I don't think I like right, you. Yeah. Right. So what made the most sense for me was how can I get the most value out of my editing time yes. and all that kind of stuff. But but if you're listening and you've got the sort of thing going on where folks want to look at these photos, newborns, weddings, all that kind of stuff, like this is huge what Chris is saying, because if they know ahead of time that like products are going to be a big part of this and if they can picture what the wall looks like in their living room... And what the little, where the little memory box is going to go on their coffee table, whatever it is. I mean, if they, if they have that in mind before the shoot, it's massively helpful for sales because people generally, I mean, I don't know, maybe you've listened, if you're listening, you can reflect on your clients, but are people thinking about what they're doing with their photos? Do you see the photos generally anywhere other than maybe on Facebook, you know? And so I think shifting their thought process, like way in the beginning so smart. So I just wanted to like double reiterate that. Is that even a thing? Can you double reiterate them? It is now. <laughs> it is now. You re-reiterate re, it. Re, yeah. Re. yeah. <laughs> so another thing that's important to note is that everything that we're going to talk about up until basically the sales meeting, you can do without doing in-person sales and you really should be doing you know, okay, so you're going to deliver files. Do you want to sell some products also? No matter how you do it, great. Show some stuff. Yeah. You know, introduce these ideas to them when you talk to them. So from that uh, initial call, then we'll have uh, a pre-session consultation where it usually it'll just be, you know, over Zoom, 15 minutes, something like that. And we'll just basically, again, we're just trying to get an idea of what is it that we're doing for them. So this is where we'll get a little bit more specific. So if they mentioned wall art, 
in that initial call, then it'd be like, okay, where in your home do you want to display the artwork that we're going to create? And now I'm asking for specific spots. Okay. I have a spot over the couch in the living room, you know, and and all of this. And I'm going to ask questions and then basically just give them suggestions, things that I can do for them based on what they've told me. So, okay, yeah, we have a spot over the couch in our living room. Okay, great. Tell me about that space. Or if you're on Zoom, let's walk into that room. Show me. If they can't show me, then I'll at least be like, tell me about that space. What color are the walls? What is the style of that space? What kind of artwork do you already have in there? What kind of furniture do you have in there? Tell me, uh, what is the What's the like use or mood of this room? Is this the like hub of activity for the home or is this where you go to chill at the end mm-hmm. of the night, right? And because I'm going to take all of these things and I'm going to come up with, I'm going to give them suggestions. And what it allows me to do is answer questions that I already need to answer anyway, but now I have reasons for them. So what I mean by that is, you know, that maybe they say, okay, yeah, the, the, you know, walls are, are, are light gray and we have some big leather ornate furniture and mini leather bound books, right? Smells of, what is that? What was that from? Anchorman? I think oh. that was Anchorman. <laughs> I don't know. Anybody, that was an Anchorman reference. Ron um, <laughs> mini leather bound books. Yeah. So, you know, so I can say, okay, so based on what you've told me about that space, I really think that we should be looking at framed and matted prints or gallery wrapped canvases. These are uh, a bit more uh, traditional, uh, timeless kind of product. I think they would look great in the room that you just explained to me. And what I see there is, you know, since you said this is kind of more of a formal spot in the house, let's do something that's, you know, not stiff and, and posed, but something where everyone is is camera aware. You know, everybody's looking at the camera and, um, and, and we'll also, you know, well, let's do this one over in that field on the west side of, you know, I-25, uh, around five o'clock, two weeks from today, we'll have this gorgeous, you know, golden light coming in over the mountains. And, uh, and I think it's just going to look amazing with what you just told me. So what was I able to do with just those few questions? I was able to plant the seed for, uh, what types of products I think they should put in there. I was able to start figuring out the logistics of the session itself. Yeah. You know, oh, and I would also say like, okay, and let's all, you know, make sure that we we wear neutral tones, nothing matching, uh, no patterns, no logos, anything like that, just, um, you know, earth tones or something yeah, sure. like that, right? So what are the questions that a client typically has? What should we wear? Where are we doing this? What time? You know, all of that. Okay, I just gave them all of those answers and I had reasons for them because I'm crafting every single experience around that exact that's right. So when we're done with that room, then we say, okay, where else? You know, well, now if they say, oh, well, down in the basement, we've got this like kids club area set up with like, you know, video games and disco ball and whatnot. <laughs> All right, cool. great. Well, now I'm going to talk about like metal prints. Oh, let's do something, you know, right around the corner from that field that I was talking about is this really cool alley with tons of character. Let's do some stuff for the kids just candid in that. And we'll do it on metal or acrylic down for that basement, right? So what it allows me to do is really craft this experience for every single client, but also I'm able to only tell them about the products that are actually relevant. To it's not them. even my house and I don't have kids and I'm like, I'm ready. You're like, I want this. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know, it's instead of just handing them a price right. list with, you know, 50 products on it, instead I'm saying, tell me about you. 
okay, great. Here's what I can do that fits that. Because they don't need to know about my acrylic prints and my metal prints and all of that stuff if it's not going to be relevant to their... All it is is just noise, right? So what this allows us to do is obviously answer those questions that are going to come up anyway. uh, But it really allows us to start painting this picture for them of, you know, I, I talked about that golden light coming in over the mountains and all of that. They're starting to see this in their head. And... This is where if I have a tool like Swift Galleries, if I have their their room photo, I can actually just put some blank products on their wall and say, I think something like this or, you know, and then so it could be just one big one, you know, oh, yeah, we'll do one big, nice uh, family portrait right here over the couch. Or maybe we'll do this three up. That's like the family in the middle. And then these two, this is like mom and dad over on the side. And then the two kids over on the other side. Right. So I'm starting to paint this picture and I'm starting to get them to really, truly start imagining my work in their home. And like, this is huge. And then it, when you can actually help them visualize it at the right size, and, you know, that's where we skip toward, like, the, the sales meeting where we're showing them their images on their walls at the right size. Like, it's just so much easier for them to say, like, yes, please, I need that, right? Yeah, yeah. But because we're setting all of these expectations up front, what really happens is, you know, we get to the session and we're shooting. And I don't know if you guys are like me, but I'm I'm an idiot when I shoot. I'm an idiot pr- most of the time anyway. <laughs> but like when I'm shooting, I'm like, click, 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 click. And then I'll like, I get the shot, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I'll do like a happy dance or whatever, like a dad dance or like a white man with the lip bite. <laughs> yeah. You know, you guys can't see it because yeah. you're not I seeing the video. I can see it though. And it's very special. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the white man lip bite, you know? You guys know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so I'll do that. And then I show him on the back of the camera. I goes, oh my gosh, guys, I am so good at my job. I mean, you guys look good too, but check this out. Look how good I am, right? Uh, which I think is another Ron Burgundy quote. <laughs> Everyone come, come see how good I look, right? Yeah. Today. So, <laughs> so you show him on the back of the camera. You say, this one's going to look amazing for that spot we talked about over the couch. Right. And all I'm doing is being intentionally excited about what it is that I'm doing. Right. Like I'm already excited anyway, because I like my job. Right. So now I'm just showing it to them on the back of the camera saying, this one's going to look amazing for that spot we talked about over the couch. I'm connecting the dots for them. Right. I'm not making them take any sort of mental leaps. They see it on the back of the camera. So now what happens in that week or two between the session and the sales meeting, because I showed them in the planning meeting, the product that I thought should go over their couch at the right size. Then I showed them the photo on the back of the camera. They're seeing the photo I want them to get in the product I want them to get at the right size over their couch in their head every single time they walk past that couch. They're selling that product to, to themselves. themselves at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's just brilliant. It's and that that's like I I you guys can't see me. I'm mind blowing right well, now. I think, it's uh yeah. I think too, like it's just good to remember as photographers that ultimately most folks do want some kind of, you know whether it's a magnet on the fridge or a big old album or something like people would like something that's not digitally, you know, surviving somewhere deep on their phone or something. And most people aren't super familiar with what's available or maybe they're, you know, like, Oh, I'll just go on to shutterfly or whatever. I mean, like people don't really know. So if all you're able to do is just kind of, like you said, plant that seed, kind of get it going. I mean, products truly will sell themselves. I mean, that's, that's yes. 
one of the amazing parts of this. Anything else that you'd like to share about, well, Swift Galleries in particular, but just how, how this kind of works on the whole? Yeah, yeah. So you go, you know, from there, we would go into the the sales meeting and the sales meeting is pretty straightforward. So this is where we get specific to the process for um, for in-person sales, or I say in-person sales. Um, we're really pushing a lot of our members over to at least trying and testing virtual sales in their business. Yeah. Because I think that it is just such a good mix of convenient and but still also quite profitable and it wasn't available and it still allows you to serve the client yes you know i yeah, mean like exactly. i i am quite sure that's what i would be doing or like me 10 years ago or 12 years ago if it yeah. was an option but again going to someone's house and like bringing samples right and all if you don't have a studio that was a whole other thing so mm-hmm. the fact that we can do this now i mean i don't have a podcasting studio but we're doing a podcast, you know? So I think if you're on the fence thinking about this, like this is a a great era. (laughs) I can't think of another word, but yeah, no, because yeah, it's, we're basically saying back in my day. Yeah. Like we couldn't, we we didn't have the mail. I used Skype. Yeah. Who remembers Skype? I do. But (laughs) anyway, so, and quick question too, before you go into that third sales meeting. So it's three meetings, right? It's like the, they decide to book with you. You tell them, kind of what you think would look good in their house and where they're going to do the shoot and then the sales meeting is that kind of your model? Yeah, so the the deciding to book with you is like that's just a phone call because everyone else in your market is just hitting reply on the email. I want to be the person who gets on the phone and says, "Hey, uh I saw that you sent this. Uh let's chat," right? Yeah, I do that too. Just a phone call there and then you'll have the uh the Zoom planning meeting then the session itself, and then, yeah, the sales meeting. But all of these things can be done uh, over Zoom other than the session. Sure. And from their perspective, you're essentially saying, here's what to expect. We're going to do a planning meeting and a sales meeting. Like they're not thinking of that first call as really like a big investment of their time and energy. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. And it's usually on that first call that I would even explain out the rest of the the process. Of course, we're planting the seed. We're mentioning it on the website, but there's no guarantee that they're going to see that. So uh, we're using each of these in-person or like uh, one-on-one touch points to make sure that we're that we're setting those expectations that they may have skipped over on the sure. website. We don't want to ever rely on a website or a client guide to do the initial expectation setting for us. Those things should just supplement all of that. It should be reminders of things that you've said to them. Totally. Makes sense. So yeah, we go into the sales meeting and the sales meeting... <laughs> I think this is where I think the magic really happens is because the sales meeting is not really a sales meeting now. It's, it's, Hey, remember that stuff that you already told me you wanted. And then I showed it to you and what it could look like on your walls. And then I, sh- I did that stupid little dance and showed you on the back uh, of the camera, the photo that I want. Well, here it is. Now, what do you, what else do you want to do with the rest of these photos that you love? Cause that's really what'll happen is like, you'll go through and you'll say, okay, we got the five photos for the wall for the different, you know, walls in your house, but you still have these other 20 photos or, you know, 10 or 12 photos or whatever. What do you want to do with those? And this brings us all the way back to the beginning of this conversation about leaving opportunities to sell more things, right? Cause what happens is the client says, well, how am I going to choose just five? Like, I love so many of these. How am I going to choose just five? Well, guess what? You're not. 
you know, and that's not salesy for me because all I'm doing is providing an opportunity for them to get everything that they want. Yeah, that's right. Okay, great. We chose everything for the wall. You still have these other 10 or 12. What do you want to do with these? Well, uh, I don't know. What can we do? Well, we have books. We have these boxes that you can do, you know, the photo boxes. We have all of these different options to make sure that we can get the rest of these products in their hands, everything that they love. Everything they love is such an important phrase because even if, so in my situation, folks are kind of between the like 15 and 20 mark as far as average amount of photos that they choose. Yeah. They bring so much more value to like their experience with the photos if they already like all the ones that they're getting versus if I just dumped 85 yes. or 100 photos on them. Not only does that overwhelm them, but it is way time consuming for me to edit a whole bunch of photos that like, I don't know if they'll like. Yeah. And so even if this person only buys two more than the five that they already have, like they will love those seven photos so much. And most yes. folks don't use more than 10, 12, 15 for stuff. I mean, unless you're doing a book or whatever, like it's not like people don't need 85 images. Like nobody needs that many unless it's maybe your wedding day. Yeah. I mean, if they want to order 85 for the wall, then I'll sell them to them. Totally. Of course. Of course. They're not getting less. New photographers are like, well, I want to give them value. And I think the point that I'm trying to make here is that volume does not equal value necessarily. Yes. I, I think that's a very important point to make. And so think about this. Oh, actually, let me finish the process. So we do the sales meeting and then to shamelessly plug Swift Galleries in here. This is where Swift Galleries, you would use the sales workflow that's built into Swift Galleries. So it's slideshow, calling their yes and their no's, their no images, you know, comparing similar images, selling wall art uh, by showing it on their walls at the right size, and then selling all of your other stuff, your books and your digitals and all of that stuff that you want to sell. And you can do all of that inside Swift Galleries and it's got just the, the whole flow built out. So which is pretty cool because it keeps me from having to constantly teach what does a sales workflow, like what does a sales meeting workflow look like? It's like, it's literally just, it's built into the software. So from there though, once we do the, the whole wrap up of like, okay, now you have everything that you want, then, you know, and they pay me, then it's okay. Well, cool. Uh, give us, you know, four to six weeks. I'm going to double the amount of time that I actually expect it to take. Uh, so that I can surprise them in two weeks if their stuff comes in and it looks great and I don't have to send anything back to get reprinted or anything like that. Hey, it's been two weeks. I know I said four, but your stuff's here. Uh, when do you want us to come and deliver it? So I'm going to hand deliver anything that they buy. Obviously, if they're local to me, I'm going to hand deliver anything they buy. And then I'm personally going to install any wall art that they order. And this is something that we started doing because one of our absolute favorite clients, in fact, they're the godparents of, of my son, and we met them because we photographed their wedding. That's amazing. We went over to their house like, I don't know, eight months after one of their sessions and their, their photos that they loved were sitting on the floor, leaning up against the wall where they're going to go. You know, and we were like, oh, wait, you know, back when we were shooting and burning, we realized, oh, our job isn't really done until they have products in their hands. And then that moment was where we were like, oh, wait, our job isn't really done until those things are actually on display in their home. And now you talk about value and, and the difference between volume and value and all of that. Think about the process that we just talked about. 
I attracted people to my business who want this stuff in the first place because that's all they saw. Yep. And then when we met, I walked them step by step. I didn't say, I didn't really ask them to make any real decisions. I, I asked them questions. They told me their answers and then I made suggestions for them. I said, okay, here's what we can do. Does that sound good? Right? So I'm walking them step by step through this whole process. I'm not asking them to be a professional photographer. I'm not asking them to go out and research all of these products that I know inside and out at this point. Right? And I'm crafting every single experience around each and every space in their house, not even around each and every client, but each and every space in each client's house. Now, Come the end, I'm going to actually come and deliver and install this stuff. That's where your value is. Your value is in uh, in the service that you're providing and the fact that you know when to press that button. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I think that we get so caught up, maybe internally, with this idea that like, man, can I really charge that much? Because at the end of the day, all I do is press a button. You know, and it's like, no, no, Mm -hmm. it's not all you do. That's right. What we do is incredibly important. And uh, I want you to realize that your value that you, let me put it this way. You are worth far more than the sum of your costs. Mm -hmm. All right. And that's why it drives me nuts every like couple of months when that thing makes it makes the rounds on the internet of like, why does your professional photographer cost so much? And it talks about like insurance and, you know, I I need to have insurance. I need to have gear. I need to have this. And I'm like, you just listed business expenses. Like, congratulations. You have a business. Yeah. Like, wah. No, that's not why you cost that much. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, you cost that much because you're worth it. Because the things that you create cannot be created by anyone other than you. That's true. And if that's what somebody wants, then they will pay that's for right. it. That's right. Just like they'll pay for a Gucci purse, like because the brand yes. is so strong. It's like, why are you spending $1,000 on that bag? Because there's brand experience around it. And I always tell people, yeah. and this is similar to the process you just outlined, but you are always building your brand. And what makes your brand special is you. We're in the kind of business where we're essentially just one-on-one all the time with our clients. And so people are going to hopefully think of you as that Gucci bag one day, like, oh, there's nobody that does this like he or she or they do. Like, this is just what I want, you know? And But you're building that up from like before you even get on the first call to book the session or schedule the session. I mean, and you're building, yes. building, building, building that brand in every interaction. If you're really lazy and slow with your communication, if you're just sort of like disorganized with your booking mechanisms, if you're just all over the place at the shoot, etc. I mean, those are things that people are consciously or subconsciously tallying. And, Absolutely. and that, you know, you may not have a business model where you physically hang photos on the wall, but like you have other ways that you can build value till after the photos are delivered and beyond where like people want you. That's definitely not mentioned in those memes. Right. Yeah. There's a whole conversation here that I would love to have. Yeah, let's do it. About, about branding and, um, and this idea of, you know, are, are you familiar with the whole blue ocean strategy? I am not. So blue ocean strategy basically says that you should be 
You have red oceans, you have blue oceans. Red oceans are where like all the competition is and you're just competing against everybody. So if you're a wedding photographer out there and you charge somewhere in the $1,500 to $2,000 range, you know exactly what a red ocean looks like. Like it's brutal, yeah. right? Uh, blue ocean says change your business to to something different so that you are you compete with far fewer right. people. And I think it's a really good idea, but – I think that what we should really be talking about is instead of blue ocean, a new ocean, mm. like go to where there, nothing existed before. Because mm -hmm. if you can create, if you can say, I serve this very, very specific person, then you literally are the only one qualified to, to serve that person. And it goes, it goes along with everything that we were just talking about, this idea of they're hiring you for you. Well, if you can get really good at explaining exactly who you are and who you serve and how you are uniquely suited to serve that person, then now we're not talking about blue ocean. We're talking about new ocean. This is something that like, we're going to go find the eighth sea, right? Instead of the yeah. seven seas, we're going to go find the eighth yeah. one. And that's going to be mine. Yeah. And Nobody else can come and play in this because nobody else can do exactly what it is that I do. That's the conversation I would love to talk with you about. Yeah, we'll do it. I'm yeah. positive. And I mean, you've done exactly that by, I mean, just going to people's houses and hand delivering and all that stuff. That is yeah. your new ocean. And I mean, I was just thinking about what we chatted about earlier, not today, but last time we chatted. I mean, just like with the greenhouse and everything I'm doing, I brought tarot into it, which is a, yeah. I don't know who else is doing that either. And then that wasn't my initial intention. But like when you start bringing elements of yourself, what you're good at, what you feel aligned with, what you want to do into your business, you'll likely yep. almost inadvertently create a new ocean. Yes. Because you're you and that's cool, you know? Yep. Yep. And I think a really important distinction here is, you know, you mentioned greenhouse and tarot and all of that. Somebody could see that you're doing that, right? And they could say, oh, I'm going to start doing tarot too, because, you know, that's what Natalie's doing. And I'm going to do that too, right? What they're missing though, is all of the stuff that we talked about the other day about the why you do that and what it is that, um, that that brings out in your coaching when you're doing that and, and how you're helping people gain clarity instantly by doing that, right? They see tarot you see clarity. Totally. Right? So even if someone just duplicates that thing, they're still not duplicating what it is that you do and why you do it. And the results that you get from it, and more importantly, that your coaching clients get from it. So I think that that's really important to to spell out is that, okay, maybe you find your, your, you, the person listening to this right now, you go out, you find your, your new ocean. Maybe it's Maybe you really have a heart for uh, first responders. Maybe your your spouse is a firefighter and you are now going to become the uh, firefighter photographer in Fresno, California or whatever, right? Alliteration. Uh, that's who I serve, right? Yeah. And, you know, that's – I should have gone with a Florida yeah. one then. Yeah. So the firefighter photographer of Florida – Fresno. You are – you are the Fresno, Florida. Okay, yeah. I don't know if there is a Fresno thing. <laughs> yeah. So – you are that person and and you're uniquely suited because you understand that that community, you understand that family uh, that's created. So, you know, you have all the things in place. Okay, so somebody sees your success and says, I'm going to start being the firefighter photographer of Fresno, Florida, right? And first of all, they can't because you're already that person. 
they're all, everybody's already like, oh yeah, that's the person, right? Yeah. But it's a cheap facsimile, right? It's a cheap copy of the original. Uh, and like we can try, we can try all we want to go copy what somebody else has already kind of put their stamp on and put, and put, you know, but we're not going to be able to take that from them yeah. as long as we don't have those real reasons behind That's it. Right. So, you know, find that thing that makes you uniquely uh, suited to serve a very specific audience right. and just know that there are enough people out there and that those people, when they see, oh my gosh, this person knows exactly who I am, they're going to pay a premium That's right. for that. That's right. Because they know, I can't get this anywhere else. Mm -hmm. I have to go to this person. Absolutely. A thousand percent. And, you know, make making your business your own is something that I really try to hammer home in my in my coaching and stuff because there is there is a lot of imposter syndrome and fear around stepping yes. into whatever it is you feel like you want to really be doing and everybody has like a little unique thing that they can add to it whether it's their silly personality with kids and they're just awesome with kids or like whatever it is at your photo shoot or beyond or before or whatever so I mean, just kind of lean into that, I think is really important. Is there anything else yeah, that you want to maybe leave people with so they can check out all of this? We'll yeah. have obviously show notes, but um, any final thoughts? Yeah, sure. Um, I would love it if you'd come check out our uh, our Facebook group. It's uh, facebook.com slash groups slash thrive IPS. Cause we just, we have a lot of resources in there that kind of talk through my philosophies on sales, my approach to sales. And we're, we're really investing a lot of time and energy into that community right now. So I would love it if you're listening to this and anything that I said resonated with you, then come join us. And I also think that you should probably just dive into the greenhouse oh, because I got to spend some time recently talking about it. And I, I really, I, I truly do think that you have an incredible program. Oh, over thank there. you. I, I think that people are going to, going to get a ton out of that. So. I appreciate that very much. And we were chatting about it on your podcast, which you're welcome to also share if you'd like. Yeah, sure. It's uh, the printmaker podcast. So it's um uh, Anywhere you listen to podcasts, just yeah. search for Printmaker Podcast cool. and, and you'll see me. So we'll link to the group and the podcast and all that good stuff in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for another awesome conversation. And I I have a feeling we'll dive into this brand thing and this value thing again sometime because I think that's really important. I'd love that. Cool. Well, have a wonderful day. Thanks, Chris. You too. Thank you. For those of you still on the fence about upgrading the level of your business, making more money in your business. Remember to head to pick-time.com. Use code PHOTOBIZHELP for a free bonus month if you upgrade to a paid plan. That's code PHOTOBIZHELP at checkout for a free bonus month with PickTime, my favorite. One more quick reminder, if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, disorganized, check out 17 Hats. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it yourself. Go to photobizhelp.com forward slash 17 hats to get 50% off your first year. 